Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Luke 13. Uh, verse 10. And uh, before I read this, I love how Jesus always made trouble on the Sabbath. Can you, you know, it was Friday sundown, the Sabbath begins. For us, of course, it was changed, the resurrection, and it's argued by many, but the day that they worshiped in the New Testament as the church was Sunday because that's when Jesus rose again from the grave. Early Sunday morning, just like Jesus said. How many of you know that song? So the Sunday is the Sabbath for us, but Jews and people all around the world celebrate the Sabbath on Friday. So can you imagine Friday sundown? (laughs) Can you imagine being with Jesus? He'd be like, oh, what is he going to do tonight? He's going to go mess up another synagogue. He's going to go bring truth and jack with all the religious people. I'm not sure what jack means, but anyway, this is a great text. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who was there who had been crippled by a spirit. Well, by a what? We should just stop right there, except we'll finish the sentence, for 18 years. She'd been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. I mean, that's, I, I've, I've suffered through some, some, I've suffered through some things, but I don't think I've suffered anything for 18, well, that's not true. I guess I have. You know, I don't like suffering. You're right over here. I don't like suffering. I really don't. But I sure love what it does for me. Wendy, you're going to have a victory. You're going to have a You already have the victory. You're going to have a breakthrough. And the, your prayers have been heard. And the Lord is syncing things up. There's a timing of everything that's, that's taking place. And he wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be encouraged. Not many days hence, King James, you'll be endued with power. And the Lord is going to make, he's going to make things turn. He's shifting things. He's changing things. He's releasing his power. He's turning the heart of the king. Even like Proverbs 21.1, I hold the heart of the king and I turn it like a water course. The Lord is causing a great turning. And what the enemy is meant to try to afflict and harm and slow you down to keep you from being released like a bronze-tipped arrow into the, in sharp into the heart of the king's enemies, it will not work. This weapon will not work. It falls to the ground even tonight by your own prayers. And I'm reminded of the scripture where the angel came and stood before Zechariah and said, your prayers 
have been heard. And in actual fact, it was the prayers you used to pray, is what he says to Zechariah. Holy Ghost. Be refreshed. Close my doors to the lobby, please. Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. My God. Power God. Suffered for 18 years, this woman in Luke 13. Suffering is common to being a human being. And I don't like it. I don't want to sign up for it. I would like to escape it. In fact, in the previous lifetime, and maybe some of you doing it now, I, I would live to escape any kind of hardship, pain, or suffering. I would just do whatever I can to anesthetize myself, to keep myself from feeling. And yet at the same time, if you look at God, you look at Jesus, fully God, fully man, he was moved by compassion. He was moved by what the King James says of the bowels of compassion. He was moved. You know, many times when you're suffering and you're going through something that's difficult, it can be the, the catalyst for the greatest victory and breakthrough that you've ever had in your whole life. I think about Hannah. In 1 Samuel, Hannah couldn't get pregnant. She didn't have a child. And uh, her husband loved her, but her rival made fun of her. Was constantly harassing her. Constantly teasing her. Nanny, nanny, foo, foo, you can get pregnant. (laughs) And so year after year, her rival had lots of babies, and she had none. And she got so broken, so, so fed up, so at the bottom, suffered to the point where she couldn't take it anymore, that when they went to, to, to worship and to offer offerings at Shiloh, I believe it is, and you can go look, First Samuel chapter 1. She breaks before the Lord, and her pastor, Eli, accuses her of drinking. She's so broken, so desperate, that she looks like she's drunk. You know, acute Christianity, acute Christianity that doesn't want to mess up your makeup, I'm not wearing any tonight. You know what I'm saying? The, the dignified, just hold it, just hold it together, hold it together, hold it. Listen, you don't need to hold it together. Some of you need to, to, to stop holding it together with that spirit of control that you have. I'm going over here. I wasn't feeling the love in the middle section. Some of you need to not hold it together with the spirit of control you have and fall on the rock, fall on Jesus, break in half. I will tell you that suffering in my life produced a, a life of prayer. But not at first, you know, I had to get discipled and get delivered and have devils broken off of me and all that. And for, for, for Hannah, 
She, she broke before God. Eli accused her of being drunk and said, and then she said, I'm not drunk, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I need, a, I need a child. I need to get pregnant. And God answered her prayer. But what's interesting, if you go, let's go there. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 1. I don't have any notes. You don't either, so it's all good. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel. I want you to see this. Because some of you are in the midst of your miracle, but you're ready to throw in the towel and quit. Your rival has, is really a springboard for breakthrough if you'll use it that way. Year after year, verse 3, this man went up from a town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh or Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, who were wicked. The priests were, whenever they came, all right, Elkanah, that's her husband, to sacrifice. He would give portions of meat to his wife, Hannah. Pardon me, portions of meat to his wife, Penaniah, and all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion. Everybody say a double portion. Because he loved her. The Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord. Okay, so she, she's accused. She, she weeps. She talks to her husband. He says, am I, am I not, not enough? Verse 9, once more they'd finished eating and drinking. Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house in her deep anguish. Her what? Deep anguish. Listen, don't shy away from deep anguish. What do you mean? God's not trying to afflict you, but there are things that will afflict a godly man, the things that will afflict a godly woman. When you see circumstances that seem to mock the word of God, when you see things not coming to pass the way that, that you felt like the Lord spoke to you and the way that was prophesied over you, when you see a community that's hooked on methamphetamines and, and people that are just so messed up they can't see the forest from the trees, broken, broken, broken. It ought to move in you an anguish. Who's the man that started Teen Challenge? David Wilkerson preached a message, and I would encourage all of you to go sit through it, although you probably wouldn't be able to, because it's so moving and disturbing, and it's called anguish. Where's the anguish? Where's the heart's cry for the loss and the brokenness? So this anguish of hers produced in her a tremendous prayer meeting. Verse 12, she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying with her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. She said, verse 15, I'm not. He says, go in peace, basically. Your, may your prayer be answered. I'm paraphrasing. Verse 21 Okay, I'm going to find it. Hold on. It's your problem with not having notes, but it's all right. 
All right, may the Lord, uh, verse 18, may your servant find favor in your eyes. This is 1 Samuel 1. And she went her way and ate something. Her face was no longer downcast. And I, I will say that when you get the breakthrough, you will look different. That sorry, sad, anguished face will change to a face that's filled with joy because he who looks to him is radiant. And early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord. Verse 19, went back to their home at Ramah. Elikana made love to his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in the course of time, verse 20, if you study that, in the course of time, it says, another way to say it is in the revolution of days. It doesn't mean that she got pregnant right away. It means over the process of time, God brought about the miracle. This woman in Luke 13 had suffered for 18 years and God in his infinite love and mercy and compassion while we were yet sinners, sent his son Jesus to die on a cross, but he walked the earth for 33 and a half years. His earthly ministry as the Messiah for three and a half years. He meets this woman in Luke 13 who is bound by a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of infirmity. I mean, that's, that's intense. Are there, are there still spirits of infirmity? Oh, you better believe it. And there are some that would say that there isn't and try to look at things through the natural mind or through, a, through a, the scientific model to say that there's, well, you know, this A plus B equals, you know, C. So it's like math and English. <laughs> Welcome to my mind. One plus two plus three equals cat. <laughs> Let's move on. Go down to, go back to Luke now. What I'm trying to tell you is she suffered and her suffering was soon to be over. And many of you have been suffering and giving yourself to prayer. And if you find yourself in a place of anguish, don't run and overeat to get rid of it. But for God's sake, don't have another glass of wine. You had enough already. Don't sedate yourself with music or sports or, or, or something else that you could try to fill, fit in there. Fall on your face before God. He's the only one that can change your knuckle-headed husband. He's the only one that can change your knuckle-headed wife. He's the only one that can he, He's the only one that can heal. He's the only one that can deliver. He's the only one that can save. He's the only one that can turn this nation around. He's the only one that can fix our 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 pandemic. He's the only one. Was talking to somebody who was going through something, belly aching. Oh. If we only, if I only, if I could only, oh, if, 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 if I had money, if I had, if I had a man, I'd be healed. The man standing right before the guy at the, at that pool that would stir at that certain time. He says, oh, Jesus, I can't get in because every time I go to get in, nothing gets in before me. And the guy who's in charge of stirring the water, the man standing there. He says, I have no man. So I've heard people even over the recent weeks say, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I can't do it, I can't do it. Okay, if you say so. Listen, you're the prophet over your own life. 
If you want a bellyache and try to get the, I mean, what's this? It's the smallest violin in the world. I mean, you don't want me to, listen, you don't want me to agree with you. Oh, you're right. We're totally up a creek. I mean, God must be worried about this one. What are we going to do? So in talking with him, I tried the gentle method. And I felt like Edna Mode. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know, anybody know that? It's, it's when the, the Incredibles came out. Edna, Edna Mo, not Edna, Mayor Edna. Edna Mode is standing over Elastigirl. Edna Mode's about four foot, four foot. And, and Elastigirl is standing there. Oh, my God. And she says, what are you talking about? You're Elastigirl. Wake up. Go and get your husband. Go and win the war. And she just backhands him and says, snap out of it. What the heck are you talking about? Oh, 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 my God. I've been there. And I thank God for people that have some backbone and aren't afraid of hurting my feelings to get me the other side. Snap out of it. You, come on, you're on the side of the living God, the one who raises the dead and heals the sick. Come on, I'm telling you, you might have suffered with something for 18 years. Some spirits might have tried to attack you and your family. Rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and punch that thing in the throat. Let's go back to Luke. Get some more content. Pop my collar, make me want to holler. Hey! You've no idea where that came out. Bishop Hook's praying for me or something. I don't know what's going on. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus, so that defines her condition. She's crippled by a spirit. Isn't that just what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to hang down and look at your floor and never stand up ever again. And when Jesus saw her, verse 12, he called her forward. And said, girl, no, it's not right. <laughs> Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And he put his hands on her 
And immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now look at these religious knuckleheads. Verse 14. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Recently I heard about somebody that left our church because... Um, because they said, we don't believe in once saved, always saved. I'll just tell you, I don't believe once saved, always saved. And, and if you do, feel free to go ahead and keep that belief system and, you know, study the word. I'll do the same thing. That's not a deal breaker. Now, if you think you can give your heart to Jesus and go smoke crack and come out and serve the Lord and do some more of that all your life, you're going to hold out hell. I don't care what you say. Because the Bible says <laughs> You missed a great place to laugh and say, oh me or oh my or something. Let's have a praise break because that was intense. Okay. That's not a deal breaker to me. If you believe that you're always saved, you're, you, have the, you can believe that if you want to. Now, if you live in a way that takes God's grace for granted and you live a lifestyle that's contrary to what God's word calls you to live, it doesn't matter what you say. You can call on the name of Jesus, but if you're a lying, cheating, fornicating, adultery, come on, just take Genesis. Uh, Genesis. Go, go to 1 Corinthians 6. I got it, Toby. Devil out. Everybody say devil out. <laughs> you know, then that, that's different. The study to show yourself approved. I don't think it's a deal breaker. Now, if you're going to say that Jesus and Satan are brothers, we have a serious theological problem, and we will break fellowship over that. I will try to help you, uh, but you know, you'd start destroying the Godhead. Then we have we have serious problems. They're indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. What a bunch of Pharisees. (laughs) I've had people that say, well, you're supposed to worship on Saturday, so I'm I'm not down with what you guys are doing. Winning souls. We're winning souls. Listen, Saturday or Sunday. Listen, win souls. The synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days to work. (laughs) Seems good with the German accent. Sort of sounds good right there. Anyway, there are six days for work. We better move on. So come and be healed on those days. You know, really, they couldn't heal anything, and so that's why they're trying to throw. The Lord answered, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out and give it water? And should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her? And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated. I love that. But the people were delighted. I love that also of all the wonderful things that he was doing. Father, thank you. Move in power tonight and the moments that remain. Let the presence of God increase and loose miracles.
And if there'd be anybody bound here, they would go home free. If there's anybody bound by infirmity or bound by a spirit of addiction, bound by any assignment of darkness, I serve notice now. I bind, gag, and muzzle every assignment of darkness and break your hold from God's people now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be free. Let's look at a couple things here. This binding, binding and loosing is it's another example of binding and loosing from Matthew 18, Matthew 16. To bind something is literally to, to bind it, to, to shackle it, if you will, to, to tie it up, to loose it is to turn it loose. Come on, somebody say, be turned loose. And so this woman, 18 years bound, Bondage, there's indirect bondage and direct bondage. Indirect bondage. Well, first of all, there's evil in the world. And because you were born under the curse of Adam, there comes sickness, disease, and infirmity as, as, a, as a result of that. We have fallen flat, human nature. But Jesus has come to set us free from all of that. The fullness of that is in the kingdom. But we contend and we believe for 100% miracles of healing and miracles of deliverance, miracles of provision. You know, we have this Thanksgiving giveaway uh, that we're doing. You know, what the, you know what problem we're having? We have these meals that, that are coming together, and we can hardly find any people in the church that are needy. Now, I know how some of you came in. I know how I came in. Very needy. But when you serve God, you live for God, things break. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. If you know families that need a turkey, need a meal, please, you got to let us know so we can help them, all right? And I want to take, take care of our church family, and then we'll go beyond that after that, all right? Let's give away hundreds of meals, if, amen? You said, well, I can give a turkey. Good, talk to Sister Turkey. Where are you? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Sister Transformations, Minister Vicky is heading that up. It's a community outreach, and we want to help people. But you know, when I, when I heard that, I thought, man, we're not hardly reaching any broken people. And then I thought to myself, no, there's lots of broken people. But you know, you stick around here long enough, you will not stay bound. You get set free. You're going to get a job. You're going to learn how to stay married. Come on, you're going to learn how to control yourself. Huh? Come on. You're going to get discipled if you get involved. Now, if you stay on the fringe, I can't vouch for you. But I, for those that come fully in, their lives are transformed. When Adam and Eve sinned, it brought all that into the world. It's not sin into the world. And even though sin entered the world through Adam, it left through the last Adam. His name is Jesus. And we're all fallen for sure. But there's direct bondage, and you see this in verse 11. Look at verse 11 with Crippled by a spirit. Demon spirits want to try to control you. I heard a phrase just go through my head just now. If you don't control yourself, you will have someone else controlling you. And the someone else controlling you just might be a demon. Let me say that again. If you can't control yourself, 
Someone will end up controlling you, and that someone else might also be a demon. Because you can't control yourself, and you beat people up, and you flail around on, on airplanes, and, and, and it caused difficulties, and you're going to go to jail. You rob banks, you will get arrested. Demons literally attempt to control. How do you, how do you become bound? Well, let me, let me tell you how you become bound so that you don't, or that you can realize that maybe you are. By your actions. Now, if you think you can look at things that are defiling, look at pornography, and look at violence, and look at things that are, that, are, that are harmful to your spirit. You think you can look at that and that not affect you. I'm here to tell you, <clears throat> wrong, wrong. That is one way to get yourself bound. <laughs> anger problems. Listen, if you have an anger problem and you keep yielding to it, that will become a spirit of murder. Continually yield to your fallenness in whatever area, you'll end up being a portal for the devil to occupy you say, well, I'm a Christian. Christian, well, then act like one, for God's sake. Christian. <laughs> Bump your neighbor and say, woo, good to be in church on Wednesday night. You can, be, you can be bound by the action of another who affected us. There's many who have been abused in homes. There's many people who have been bound. We, we call it the destruction of the innocent. Not funny at all. Some people shouldn't have children. Oh, I'm totally serious. They should get healed first. I, love, I think godly families ought to have lots of babies. Amen. See? So that, did that sound like I just stepped in something? Let me step in it further. You have a lust problem and you think marriage is going to heal it. It doesn't. You and you get married and you still have that lust problem. You, you have to work it out. You got to get healed. You got to get delivered. You got to come against that thing. You can't allow it to stay. You must drive it out through your actions and through confession. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. You may be healed. Set your life up so you don't have problems with your phone, with your computer, with the girl at work, with the guy at work. You set your life up and you, and you learn to live free from lust. You stop getting up in the middle of the night. Hello. But if you keep doing that, you're, it's going to destroy you. And if you play with things and think that you can get away with it, you're wrong. So some of you have had your, your hand in some things. It's, it's not good. And when people live that way, and they're, they've embraced a lifestyle of that, and then they bring a child into the world to baptize them in that filth. That's why our nation is in the condition it's in. It might even be a polyon have been loosed. For all of you Bible scholars, Apollyon is a destroyer that's released from the pit. It could be that Apollyon is already loosed. Stuff him back in the pit. Let's have revival. Come on. And so I'm, our culture is so weird. We get all freaked out. Demons are normal. They're, they're, they're normal. They're around. You need to take authority over them. If you focus on them too much, you'll be a weird Christian. But I also think it's weird to not acknowledge that the fact that there is some. And there are spirits. And there is a spirit of infirmity. And there is a spirit of addiction. And there is, there is assignments of darkness and demonization that wants to come even in the church. Some of you are not as free as the Lord wants you to be. 
That's why he brings the likes of me to preach a message to you. All right, how do, you, how do you respond to the enemy's work? How do you respond to sickness and disease? Well, the wrong way is to deny it. Don't deny it. If you have a problem, deny it. No, it's denial. You know what denial is? How many of you know what denial is? Raise your hand if you know what denial is. It's a river in Egypt. That's what it is. <laughs> denial is to ignore, ignore that something exists, to ignore a problem. You know, when... when uh, Paul preached on into the night, and Eutychus, what a name, falls from the second story, dead. Eutychus is dead. Someone say that. Eutychus is dead. Paul runs down and throws himself on top of the boy and prays for him and says, he's not dead. No, he's dead. But he makes a declaration of faith. He prophesies he's not dead. And he throws himself, listen, you need to embrace your problems. Embrace, confront it. Go, confront the problem. <laughs> That's a Edna Mode again. Not Edna, Mayor Edna. Edna from The Incredibles. You have to go and confront the problem. Confront, you gotta confront it. If, you have, if there's something wrong with your physical body, confront it in faith. Stand on God's word. Rebuke that thing and command it to go and live, live in faith, declaring it healed, declaring it, declaring it gone. If you have a problem in your marriage, confront it. If you have a problem with your children, get some help. That's why we're here. We're here to help you. But we won't do it for you because we don't have a codependent spirit. So we'll point you in the right direction of where the fish are. We'll give you a pole. We'll give you some string, amen, some line, a thermos of coffee. Go fishing yourself. Learn how to have a breakthrough yourself. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We will not pick the color of your couch. We will not, we will not pick who your husband is, who your wife is. We will not tell you what house to buy. We will pray with you. We'll agree with you. See, our job here at the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to experience life with people, power, and purpose. We want you to experience real life, life abundant. So don't deny the problem. Until you acknowledge the bondages in your life, you won't be free. Let me say that again. Until you acknowledge the fact that you have a bondage in your life, you will not be free from it. That's the first step. The second step is don't, don't, the second thing is don't accommodate the problem. There's whole denominations made around false theology to accommodate the fact that they had powerlessness and wanted to accommodate their lust. It's true. And they, and, and they make up stuff. Or it was a demon that actually came with the special glasses and all of that. And tablets. Make you wear special underwear. All kinds of special stuff that's not special at all. You got to deal with the problem. Don't gloss it over. Never tolerate. Oh, this is so good. Don't tolerate what Jesus died on a cross to set you free from. Do not tolerate what Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave 
to set you free from. Don't tolerate what Jesus came to deliver you from. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and life to the full, life abundantly. Don't excuse the problem. Well, you know, my family and my father, my father, he was really angry. So, you know, just run to the... Stop. You got another father. I mean, God bless your father. Connect to the heavenly father. Get a hold of your problem. Well, you know, we just come from a long... Long line of what? Change your line. I got a new line. I started the new line. Anybody else start a new line? I started a new line. Amen. There's no curse. on be no, do, no divorce in my family. That's broken. That was the old line. No divorce in my family. No sickness in my family. No alcoholics in my family. There aren't. No, there were, but I started the new line. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I've been delivered by the, from the hand of the enemy. Jesus in, devil out. Come on, somebody say, Jesus in, devil out. You nailed that, son. You nailed that right there. Worship team, come on up. Uh, Just keys and keys, bass, drums, backup keys, no vocals. The right response is place yourself, the right response to bondage, the right response to difficulty, the right response to your challenge is put yourself in a place to receive healing, deliverance, training, instruction, reproof. Put yourself in a place, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Get into a church service like this where God's power can come on you. Answer altar calls Pray, be prayed for. She was there. Jesus is going by. She's in the right place. Come to church. Come on, but I, you're here. Praise God. Get in a life group. Be a part of a team. I've got to say this. If you don't learn to serve in some capacity, your discipleship will be dwarfed. You can't receive, I mean, the, the preachers that come through here. The, the level of the Word of God and the anointing, the Spirit of God here, is, is, it's a deep well. Somebody just told me they were away. They came back and said, oh, thank God for the Word of God that's here. I was at some place, and I didn't say this exactly, but I, I heard this from somebody else. Man, I just went to this, it was like this amazing church, but it was like a TED Talk. I think I heard one scripture. Try to be relevant. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna remain cool because Jesus is gonna walk with us. Amen. It's not about relevance, it's about the power of God. The message never changes, but the method does. So, you know, in our new building, we have more lights. We have, we have technology that's far beyond what we have here. I said, why would you do that? Because it's available, and God can anoint that too. Now, if you're trying to use that to pretend you're anointed, that's a problem. Now, the right response to realizing you might have a bondage or someone else is to get them to a place or get yourself in a place where you can get free. 
psychologically, emotionally, physical, physically. People have hang-ups. People need healing. Don't underestimate a moment in the presence of God. You know, as we were worshiping, and Brother Toby made up that song, I can't even remember right now. But we could make up another one. (laughs) There's a touch of heaven that comes. And if you'll just, there's a time to study to show yourself approved. And then there's a time to straighten up. Jesus laid his hands on her. She straightened up. There's a time to straighten up. The, the, the power of God can come on you. Nobody has to lay hands on you. The power of the Holy Spirit fell when Peter was preaching and they got baptized and the Holy Ghost spoke in tongues. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place, won't you? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.